Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P coming at you August 24, 2022, Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Uh, beautiful day here on the Gold Coast in Australia. Uh, was a little bit windy and a bit fresh because it's winter here still, but uh, yeah, it's turning into a nice day. So today I want to talk to you about peace because peace is something that's really absent in this world and uh, with people that don't know Jesus, there's an epidemic of anxiety, fear, stress, worry, fretting, all of that stuff, uh, lots of medication for it, uh, lots of uh, prescription medication being distributed, a lot of uh, big pharmaceutical companies making a lot of money out of uh, antidepressants and uh, similar things and consultations with psychologists about worry, fear and anxiety and hallelujah, we don't have to participate in that stuff uh, because Jesus is the source of peace for us. And I was just reflecting on that this morning. So I'm going to read some scriptures with you about peace and what we as believers in Jesus Christ are entitled to in terms of peace. So I'll kick it off with Psalm 119 verse 165 out of the classic uh, Amplified Version, which I love. It says, Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. So, yeah, we we should have great peace and we shouldn't stumble. Uh, We should have uh, trust and faith and confidence in God, Um, you know, because he's the source of our peace. That's where we where we actually get peace from. So I'm going to go to Psalm 32, 17. Um, I'm just doing it the old way, flicking through uh, (laughs) manually. I really like engaging with a a hard copy of the Word. And everything I'm reading is out of the uh, classic uh, amplified version. So Psalm 32, uh, what have I got there? Psalm 32, 17, I must have... um, stuff that up because (laughs) there is no uh, verse 17 um let me have a look psalm 32 okay um all right yeah i don't know where i got that from um yeah it's a misquote uh, but um i have my notes here whatever scripture it was it is in psalm somewhere it it says that the effect of righteousness will be peace internal and external the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident uh trust uh ongoing so yeah that is a um, effect of, of peace that we can have so apologies about the misquote there um isaiah 9 verse 6 let's go over over there uh, Isaiah 9 and verse 6 uh, flicking over here so this is talking about Jesus it says for unto us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father of eternity prince of peace so Jesus is the prince of peace uh, that is one of his uh royal titles uh that's who he is uh, jesus is all yeah that's that's part of his nature he he brings peace um so basically if we don't know the prince of peace then 
we can't have peace. And uh, just so you know, peace is more than the absence of war. It's internal and external rest and contentment, regardless of external factors. So, yeah, it's it's way more than than an absence of, of conflict. Um, it's internal and external peace, regardless of what's going on around you. And it's it's a, a choice. It's, uh, as Psalm 91 says, um, it's uh, all, all about spending time in, in the secret place. And when you do that, then you'll, uh, you'll actually get to uh, participate in the benefits of that. Um, so Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, let's go over there. Uh, apologies if I'm sort of running through this, but you can replay it later if you want. Um, I'd encourage you to study all, all of these scriptures and meditate on them uh, because, yeah, we we need to do that to get the full gravity of what the scriptures are saying to us. So Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, says you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you leans on you and hopes confidently in you so trust in the lord commit yourself to him lean on him hope confidently in him forever for the lord god is an everlasting rock the rock of ages um so yeah, uh, God will guard us and keep us in constant peace when we uh, set our mind on him and his character. And um, he'll uh, actually commit himself to us as we commit ourselves to him. And we can lean on, have hope in and confident, uh, confidently rely in and trust on God. And um, he'll, he'll look after us. Um, God is not a man that he could lie and uh, he's perfect and we aren't and we need to go to one that is perfect and put our trust in someone that is perfect um, not ourselves and when we're in a relationship with God peace is a natural outcome of that again regardless of what's going on around us because if you haven't noticed this world is extremely uh, turbulent right now there's all sorts of conflict and dramas going on issues everywhere and we don't have to participate in any of that nonsense uh, when we're tied in with God and we're, uh, we're reading his word then we'll have confidence and trust and faith and hope and more importantly peace that comes from that so we're strangers to this world we're passing through town and let's not participate in all the worry stress fretting anxiety etc that unbelievers put themselves through or get put through by the enemy we we don't have to live like that and we shouldn't live like that and if we are living like that uh we need to get back into the word because the knowing the word and knowing jesus is the antidote for all of that stuff so isaiah 48 verse 22 let's go over there again from the classic amplified isaiah 48 verse 22 there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. So, yeah, anyone that's wicked, by default, will not have any peace because you can only have peace if you know Jesus and wicked people don't know Jesus, which is exactly why they don't have peace. So, let's go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It's a well-known and well-quoted scripture, but let's, uh, 
focus on it from the perspective of peace. So it says here, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. So, yeah, God knows uh, the the plans that he has for us. Uh, Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. God will never inflict evil on us because he's love. Um, It's totally against his nature. Satan is the one that created evil uh, through what he did. Um, You know, so, yeah, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. And um, the the time is coming where uh, his wrath will be poured out on those that have uh, rejected Jesus. Um, But that's another subject. Um, So, yeah, uh, God has plans for our welfare and peace. So let's go to Matthew 5, verse 9. Uh, Matthew 5 and verse 9. Okay. Yeah, it just says, from the classic Amplified again, Blessed, enjoying enviable happiness, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called sons of God. So, regardless of what's going on around us, we can uh, make and maintain peace, because we are the sons of God. Um, That's our heritage and our birthright. John 14, verse 27, let's go over there. John 14, verse 27. Uh, from the classic Amplified, it says, this is Jesus speaking, it says, Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So this is a major scripture uh, let's unpack it. So Jesus says that he leaves his peace with us. So he went to prepare a place for us, but he left his peace with us. He says, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. So as a result of his death, uh, part of his um, inheritance to us was peace because he bequeathed it to us, um, you know, after his death and resurrection on on the cross and when he departed. So he says, not as the world do I give to you. So, you know, there's there's not a lot of uh, hidden um, agendas, or in fact, no hidden agenda. Uh, he's been open and upfront about how to get peace. Uh, but he says, not as the world do I give to you. So no ulterior motives, no fine print, none of that. Um, but here is... Let's let's unpack this. He says, "Do not let your hearts be troubled." So, in other words, that's our choice. Jesus has given us the ability to not be troubled, but He said, "Don't let your hearts be troubled." This is our choice. So, um, it comes back to knowing the Word. See, with the Word, there's there's a lot of conditional promises. So. Jesus has done everything for us, but it's up to us whether we believe in what he did and whether we accept it in its uh, entirety or whether we want to put our own spin on it, which is dangerous. So we have the choice to have our hearts troubled or not. 
And he goes on, yes, so don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So being afraid is not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to live in fear. And let's keep going. It says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Again, that's a choice. He's told us, don't do that to yourself. And further, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So we should actually be brave. Uh, we should not be cowards. Um, we shouldn't be agitated or, or disturbed or fearful or intimidated. See, these are all choices that we get to make. We can choose to be that way and Jesus will not stop us. I mean, because we're free moral agents, but he paid the price to set us free and to give us, um, yeah, total peace. So we need to choose to not participate in that nonsense. Um, so this gets me on to a slightly, well, a little bit of a tangent here. Um, it's that of someone saying, I'm a depressed Christian. Well, actually, no, you aren't. You're either depressed or, well, put it, put it this way, you, you can't be both on a consistent basis. It's natural and normal to go through stuff and to feel a bit bad here and there and, you know, to even be depressed once in a while. I mean, that's part of the human condition, but we don't have to participate in that. But it's up to us whether we stay there or whether we don't. But Jesus doesn't want us to live there. He doesn't want us to, to stay in that uh, frame of mind or in that place. He paid the price to set us free of that. So if someone is constantly depressed and they're saying that they're a Christian, well, uh, they very well might be a Christian. It's, it's just that they don't know what the word says and they don't believe the word and they've chosen uh, to get on a pity party and feel sorry for themselves and that's putting the welcome mat out for the enemy. And if you do that, he will absolutely come in and mess with your mind. The battlefield is of the mind. So um, if someone is constantly depressed, claiming to be a Christian, they simply don't know what the word of God says. Um, you know, they shouldn't be in that state permanently. Uh, we're we're uh, able to live free of that stuff through the sacrifice of Christ. And so... The only way we can continue to be depressed is if we don't understand what the word uh, is actually telling us. Uh, you know, because it, the, the word says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Um, so a depressed Christian is actually a uh, oxymoron. It, it shouldn't be a constant thing. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm not beating up on anyone that's in that frame of mind, but what I am saying is that it's unnecessary um, and the solution is Jesus and knowing and living and speaking and believing his word. Simple as that. Um, so we need to get over the victim mentality and feeling sorry for ourselves and blaming others and pointing fingers at others for where we're at. We need to wake up, pull the thumb out of our mouths, become adults, accept responsibility for our own actions and get stuck into the word and believe the word, live the word, speak the word, do what the word says, and get what the word promises. It's as simple as that. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> little bit, uh, little bit of a, a side comment there, but a necessary one. So uh, John sixteen verse thirty three. Let's go over there. 
um, Jesus speaking again, um, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence, as per what I was just saying. Uh, In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So that that says it all, really. I mean, let's let's believe what he what he said and what he did. Um, you know, so we can have peace and confidence uh, in the world. There will be tribulation and trials and distress and frustration that will come our way, but we can be of good cheer and take courage and be confident and certain and unfazed because Jesus overcame the world and he's our older brother. He's our um, example. He's the the captain of our salvation. He's uh, the be-all and end-all. And he says, I've deprived the world of power to harm you, and I've conquered it for you. So let's let's not be fearful. Let's not be um, afraid of anything in the world or anyone of the world. Let's believe what Jesus did at the cross for us, and let's have confidence in that. Um So Romans 3, verse 17 and 18, we're going to go over there again from the classic Amplified version. I really love this version. It's awesome. Um, Romans 3, 17 and 18. Uh, Here we are. And they have no experience of the way of peace. They know nothing about peace for a peaceful way they do not even recognize. There is no reverential fear of God before their eyes. So... This is talking about unbelievers, but they don't understand the way of peace. They don't know anything about peace and they don't recognize peace. But verse 18 is the key as to why that is, because there's no reverential fear of God before their eyes. So if we have a reverential fear of God before our eyes, then we, if, if we're getting into his word, we're reading it, believing it, speaking it, acting it out, then uh, we'll, we'll get the peace. But the world doesn't do that, and they can't have peace because they don't know the originator of peace, who is Jesus. So Romans 5 verse 1, um, it says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grap- grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. That says it all. So we're justified, we're acquitted, we're declared righteous and we're given a right standing with God through faith in Christ. So let's grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy the peace with God that came to us through the Lord Jesus Christ and through us accepting him and his sacrifice and what he did. I mean, these these are amazing scriptures, you know, um, absolutely awesome, just so full of truth. It's, it's so good. Um, let's go to Romans 8 verse 6. Um, okay, so this one says, Now the mind of the flesh which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death, death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit 
is life and soul peace now and forever. So this is a contrast between the believing and unbelieving minds. Uh, So the mind of the flesh uh, is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit and it's death, death that uh, comprises all the miseries arising from sin. You know, so there's many miseries that come from living in sin both here and now and uh, later into um, eternity. Uh, But the contrast is but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forever. So we can have peace not only now in this physical life, but forever when we meet Jesus in paradise, in his kingdom. Um, you know, like, how how good is that? I mean, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. So let's realize what we've actually got, what Jesus died to give us. It's, it's so good. Um, so, uh, yeah, Galatians 5, verse 22. Let's go over there. Um, when I find it, uh, Galatians 5, verse 22, talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, uh, even temper, temper or uh, well, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, meekness, humil- humility, self-control. Um, against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. So uh, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you can't have peace. And that's what um, you know. a prior scripture said about you know, the the wicked have no peace. Uh, but we can have peace. It was bequeathed to us as a result of Christ's death and the coming of the Holy Spirit. So we can have peace. So, uh, And we should have peace. So Philippians 4 verse 7. Let's go over there. Um, so Philippians 4 verse 7. And God's peace shall be yours. The, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so wow that that's so profound Um, but God's peace shall be ours the tranquil state of the assured soul of its salvation through Christ. So when we understand the fact that we've confessed and accepted Jesus Christ with our mouths, then we, we can be in peace, a, a, a tranquil state of our soul. And so we don't have to fear anything. Uh, we don't have to fear anything from God. And we can be content with whatever we find ourselves, uh, wherever we find ourselves uh, in life, whatever whatever that may be, because the peace which Jesus gives us transcends all understanding. So regardless of what's happening in the physical realm, we can be at peace. Uh, We can, you know, have our minds garrisoned, um, as in protected by soldiers, and, um, 
you know, have guards mounted over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we've really got to protect our hearts and minds because the enemy's always going to try and come knocking with fear and anxiety and stress and, oh, you know, look at what's happening in the world and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's always broadcasting his nonsense through TV and other forms of media. He's the prince of the power of the air that works in the uh, yeah, the, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. Um, all, all you have to do is listen to the words that are spoken in the public domain or wherever to hear what's going on, uh, to, to discern the, the, the spirit behind it. So this is why we have to be in the word, uh, to be engaged with the word, to get the peace from the word. If we're not in the word, then we're going to be fretting and stressing and we, we're going to live as the unsaved do, we're going to be running to doctors every five minutes or, I don't know, running to the bank manager or freaking out or whatever. And we don't have to do any of that stuff. Uh, Jesus is the be all and end all of everything in this human uh, existence that we live in. So we, we don't have to participate in the nonsense that's going on around us that Satan wants to try and uh, inflict upon us uh, but it's up to us whether we accept his junk or whether we don't and if we're not in the word if we're not speaking the word thinking the word believing the word acting the word out and putting it above our five senses our emotions our lived experiences our own opinions other others opinions etc then by default we're going to be uh, getting sucked in and we're going to be accepting by default what the enemy wants us to have well, you know that's that's just so uh, such such a bad deal in comparison to what Jesus died to give us. But it's up to us whether we grasp what Jesus gave us or whether we get run over by the enemy. Um, it really is our choice. Um, so Second Peter three fifteen. Let's go over there. Second Peter three fifteen. Okay. Um, all right. It's actually fourteen. Yes, Second Peter three fourteen. So, beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager to be found by him at his coming, without spot or blemish, and at peace in in serene confidence, free from fears and agitation of ag- agitating passions and moral conflicts. Uh, you know, so yeah, um, we. This is how we should be living. Um, we need to be eager to be found by Him, without spot or blemish. So you know, untainted by this world, and at peace, in serene confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. So the only way that that will happen again is by being engaged with what the Word of God uh, says we can have by accepting what Jesus died to give us, which is his peace. Uh, as we saw before, Isaiah 9 verse 6 says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So um, we, we can't have peace or no peace without Jesus. But let's, let's not be quote-unquote depressed Christians, anxious Christians, fearful Christians, worried Christians, uh, any of that. All of that stuff is a total oxymoron. It's just demonstrating that we don't know or believe um, or um, accept what the Word says. Um, so we we really need to wake up and get into the Word 
and um, just enjoy a life of peace without stressing about what the world's doing. Um, you know, it's it's as simple as that. So uh, I really hope that this has blessed you. Uh, I really get a lot out of these scriptures. So uh, I uh, really hope that that's uh, benefited you. So I'd encourage you to really ponder the scriptures here that we've gone over and to really internalize it, make it yours and believe what the word says, ponder on it. Um, And if you are fearful, stressed, worried, anxious, nervous, whatever, um, I'm not trying to beat you up about that, but I am saying that uh, you, you don't have to live that way. Jesus doesn't want you to live that way, but it's your choice as to whether you live that way or whether you don't. There's no point going, oh God, you know, uh, you, you do everything. Well, he's actually waiting for you to do something, to believe what he said and to put it into practice and stop getting run over by the enemy. Um, it's up to you and me whether we have peace in our lives because Jesus died to give it to us. Uh, but we shouldn't be letting the enemy lie to us and tell us something different. We've got to believe what Jesus said and did. Um, so we we can have peace. Um, and yeah, let's let's go and get it. Let's not put up with second best. Let's accept nothing other than the, the peace that Jesus died to give us. So... Be blessed, have a great week, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.